Hoss fight. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Welcome to episode six, my friends, uh, as I continue to fiddle with my microphone to try to find just the perfect placement so you can hear all the luscious layers of my mellifluous. Is that a word? Sure, we'll go with it. Mellifluous voice. Episode six, we've got uh, 16 episodes here in the first half of season three, in which we are going to be uh, taking 16 wrestlers at a time and ranking them one through 16. They've already been ranked according to cage match in terms of popularity. Uh, I will then, they've been seeded. I will then do a tournament, figure out my rankings one through 16. Uh, and then in the second half, we will take everyone who was ranked at a similar or the same position and rank those people. And in the end, we should have a list from 256 to the greatest hoss of all time. Will it be accurate? Will it be precise? Only time and the fates can tell. Uh, in our last episode, we started from the bottom, the number six seed versus the number 11 seed matchup, and we worked our way to the top. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool and enjoyable and something fun and different. So let's do it again. Uh, the number six seed, if I'm ready and you're ready, well, there's no point in us waiting around. Let's begin. The number six seed here in Hoss Fight, page six, is Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Now, there is no doubt that Jim Neidhart is one of, I would say, the hossiest hosses to ever hoss, uh, just in terms of his size alone. The man was a big, broad, burly boy uh, and, you know, could move pretty well for someone of his size. Uh, so he is proud, <clears throat> proud to have him in the tournament, and I think he will do well. But uh, in order to decide that, we have to first figure out who his opponent is in the first round. He is going up against the number 11 seed, Axel Rotten of ECW fame. Uh, decent matchup, both big guys. Clearly uh, the meaty men, smacking meat or slapping meat or whatever the expression is. Uh, and also clearly that is a, I'm not going to call it an easy win because that would be a brawl and go all over the place and possibly be bloody. Uh, but it is a win for the anvil over the axle. <laughs> Moving rapidly along, our number 14 seed is the Kiss Demon. Now, this would be uh, the Dale Torborg version, not the Brian Adams version. Brian Adams we covered in our last episode. Uh, this would be Dale Torborg. I have somewhere uh, the book of ECW. I don't remember the exact name. Uh I'll have to go back and, and review the Kiss Demon because such a dumb idea. I don't remember Kiss ever actually being there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Kiss was there at a pay-per-view and I just missed it. But such a dumb idea. Dale Torborg, not a great wrestler. Really surprised the Kiss Demon didn't wind up being Eric Watts. Uh, 
Dale Torborg, not a great wrestler, but probably better than being the Kiss Demon. Uh, you know, he deserved better, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, the Kiss Demon will go up against the number three seed. I'm trying to think of a possible top-of-the-line hoss who the Kiss Demon could possibly beat, and I got nothing. Uh, the number three seed is... <laughs> uh... This is a number three seed who should be uh, a number one seed, if not the number one seed. When I say the word Hoss, I bet if you start thinking, this guy immediately comes to mind. Leon White, a.k.a. the man they call Vader. Only a number three seed. Only a number three seed. But I, I'm going to I'm gonna say... Uh, right now, at, at this moment, we've only done four of the 16 names. I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a guy who might beat him. Only one or two come to mind who might potentially defeat uh, Vader. Uh, so Vader will defeat the Kiss Demon with ease. And uh, the Kiss Demon goes into the Constellations. And we have an awesome Hoss fight in the second round already. Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Versus Big Van Vader. That would be lots of fun. Our number seven seed here on page six of Hoss Fight Tournament of Nerdiness Season 3. Monty Brown, or Marcus Corvon, depending on when you watched him. Uh, I'm excited to get to the Monty Brown era, so give you a snapshot of where I am in time. Not when I am. This is evergreen content. You don't know when I'm recording this. Uh, but... <clears throat> Peacock has uploaded enough content so that I feel comfortable continuing my quest. I just watched No Mercy 2000. Not the best pay-per-view, but that's not the point. Um, so I'm wrapping up 2000. We're in late October, so I should be wrapping up 2000. Uh, ECW's not fully updated. WCW's not fully updated. I'm okay with that. I'll get through 2001, so right now I'm kind of waiting in terms of watching TNA because I'd love to catch up with my WWE, WWF slash E, and be able to watch WWF and TNA simultaneously, kind of like I did with Raw and Nitro. Uh, the reason I'm telling you this story is I'm excited to get to the Monty Brown era because he is certainly a hoss. That pounce was an awesome move. Not the best wrestler, but worthy of being here in Hoss Fight. And Monty Brown, as a seven seed, is going up against the tenth seed, Otis. That causes me to pause. You know, Otis is good. I'm not... I haven't seen a lot of heel Otis, uh, who is relatively new. Again, giving you a hint of where I am in time. Uh, Heel Otis is relatively new, but I like it. I liked Babyface Otis. Uh, was Monty Brown ever TNA champion? He probably had to have been, right? Um, I think from a pure Hoss standpoint, I'll go with Otis in this one. I don't feel great about it, if I'm being honest. But it's probably the right choice. Probably. Our number 15 seed is Butch Reed. Uh, there is something, you know, it, it is a sign that Cage Match is not only a, 
a foreign website, but also a website probably used by youths, the youth, uh, because Butch Reed should not be a 15 seed. Butch Reed should be at least an 11th seed, if not in the top 10. Uh, Butch Reed, Hacksaw, one half of Doom, call him what you will. Uh, great talent, you know, great athlete, uh, deserves better. Now, the problem with this is he's going up against a number two seed. Now, you saw Vader's a number three seed. So, more than likely, the name I'm about to find is a fantastic talent. We'll see if Butch Reed can uh, go up against it. Our number two seed is the ultimate warrior. No doubt a hoss. Huge. Uh, moved very well, very fast. But, you know, is he deserving of a number two seed if Vader's a number three seed? I feel like that should be reversed. Um, having said that, I think I can safely give the Warrior the win over Butch Reed. Reed will be able to do very well, uh, making his way through the consolations, I imagine. Otis versus the Ultimate Warrior in a very interesting matchup. Let's move on to the top half of our bracket. Our number five seed, the Big Boss Man. We got some serious talent going on in this uh, page, friends. From Neidhart to Vader to the Warrior, and now the Big Boss Man, no matter what gimmick you want, Ray Trailer. Excellent guy. Again, first guy I saw who was a bigger dude and moved. I loved when he would... The guy was hanging on the middle rope and he'd run the ropes. He looked like he was going to like do the seated splash thing and he'd slide under the ropes to the floor, land on his feet and just punch the guy in the face. That was a great move. Uh, big boss man, number five seed taking on our number 12 seed Henry Godwin. Now that is a hoss fight. I like Henry Godwin. The character was kind of silly. I love when they became Southern Justice, but if you know DC Matthews, you know that is the case. Uh, Mark Canterbury you know, suffered a neck injury, which I think kind of shortened his career, but certainly a very you know worthy inclusion in a Hoss fight. Uh, but I think this one safely goes to the boss man. I'm always interested. Here's a question for you. When you think of the big boss man, and you think of the name Big Boss Man, is it three words or two? Is it Big Space Boss Space Man? Or is it Big Space Boss Man? I've seen it both ways. I think it's supposed to be Big Space Boss Space Man. But I don't know. At the DC Matthews, let me know what you think. Our number 13 seed, the Giant Silva. Uh, Giant Silva is probably a name some of you are hearing and you don't know because you don't remember your oddities. Uh, Kurgan and Golga and the Giant Silva. Giant Silva was huge, but nowhere near a wrestler. Not even close to being a wrestler. Great Kali was a much better wrestler, in my mind, than the Giant Silva. But the Giant Silva was cool and wore a Hawaiian shirt and the oddities were sort of fun. Once you throw Luna Vachon in there. Uh, but Giant Silva, the 13th seed, taking on our number fourth seed, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Interesting that Davy Boy Smith Jr. warrants being a number four seed. I feel like that's a bit high. Uh, 
maybe he has a bigger European career. And again, Cage Match is a European website. Uh, I'll give the win to Davy Boy Smith Jr., but that seems high for him. If this was his dad, it would make all the sense in the world for the British Bulldog to be a fourth seed. But uh, according to my list, that's not the case, and I'm not going to start doubting myself and think that I did it wrong. I'll assume that Davy Boy Smith of, I suppose, with Japan and the Killer Elite Squad and MLW. and But either way, uh, he will advance Giant Silva into the Constellations. Davy Boy Smith Jr. taking on the big boss man. All right, my favorite matchup of the bracket is always the 8-9 seed because I love how uh, even it is. Barry Windham versus PCO was the last one. That was still an epic match in my mind. Our number 8 seed. <laughs> I've been waiting for this name. I've been waiting for this name. I've been waiting for this name. When I talked about Vader, and I talked about Vader and I said there are only maybe two or three names that I could think of that are bigger hosses than Vader. This guy's name came into my head. And you know who I'm talking about because he's an eighth seed. Because the other two that I'm thinking of are clearly number one seeds. But who would be the eighth seed? What sort of man? No. What sort of monster? What sort of force of nature? could be an eighth seed and potentially defeat the man they called Vader, who once wrestled with his eye out of his socket? Could it be the man who, if the rumors are true, bit someone's nose off one time? Could it be the man who I believe Jake Roberts said, uh, what was it? There was some quote about that Jake Roberts said about this man that, you know, even if I was in a tank, I would still be afraid to face this man. We are talking about the master of the Tongan death grip. We are talking about King, Ming, call him what you will. We are talking about Haku. And I've been waiting to get to Haku. I'm a little bummed he's in the same bracket as Vader. I was hoping that Haku would be, you know, it would be a relatively low bracket and he would just destroy everybody but he hasn't even i don't even know who his opponent is but you know how i feel about haku and haku is going up against the ninth seed who is tenru uh tenru japanese talent wrestled in a couple of royal rumbles and i believe at a wrestlemania also if i remember correctly a legit very tough man uh Wonderful matchup this would be, but he ain't no Haku. Haku wins. Tenru, even in the Haas fights, the poor Japanese wrestlers never get enough love. All right. Who could be the number one seed? If it's one of two people, I'm going to be really upset. I'm okay with Haku being a number two at, at, at worst. I don't know if I can accept him being a number three. So I'm crossing my fingers that this, the brackets, the fates of the brackets don't hurt me. The number 16 seed, Jerry Flynn, uh, conveniently enough, also part of the first family at one point with Meng, a.k.a. Haku. I think they were part of the same Jimmy Hart stable. Uh, Jerry Flynn, big guy, tough guy, enhancement guy, but was, I liked him. I thought he was pretty good talent. And he's going up against a number one seed. Please don't hurt me. 
baby don't hurt me no more. It is. No. 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 I should cheat. I should cheat. That's what I should do. I should cheat. I should go down and pick a different name and cheat. I should cheat. I really, really should cheat. But I'm not gonna. I'm going to respect. Oh, I like, I honestly am a little nauseous right now. You know, I, I'm assuming that you're either thinking of Brock Lesnar or you're thinking of Taker. And it's Taker. And it's just like, come on. There were one, two, three, four. There are like ten other names. It could have been Kane. It could have been The Rock. It could have been any of them, and I would have been fine giving Haku the win. Just out of curiosity. I honestly feel like I want to throw up a bit. I care about this much too much. Just out of curiosity, I am going to do something I never do. I am going to... Everything's redacted. So my Google Sheet, it's all a black bar. I'm highlighting The Undertaker's cell, but I'm going to go down to see what the next one is. I'm, I'm probably not going to cheat unless the name is... I haven't written Undertaker's name down yet, though, so I'm giving myself the option. Uh, unless the name is bad. It is Mick Foley. <sighs> no... No, I don't want to do that to Mick Foley either. All right. I am writing in The Undertaker. I am giving The Undertaker, obviously, the win over Jerry Flynn. Which means that The Undertaker will wrestle Haku in the quarterfinals. Which means that most... Nope. I'm not even going to say it. I feel less nauseous because I think part of the nausea was the idea that I would cheat. So, all right. We have our uh, quarterfinal set up. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm in a good mood. I'm not anymore. I'm, a, I'm honestly a little despondent right now. We'll go into the constellations. And do those darn things. Uh, Axel Rotten defeats the Kiss Demon. Uh, Butch Reed defeats Monty Brown. Henry Godwin defeats Giant Silva. And Tenru defeats Jerry Flynn. So these four talents will be the bottom quarter of the bracket. Not that anything matters anymore. Monty Brown defeats the Kiss Demon. Jerry Flynn defeats Giant Silva. And I am going to say, shockingly enough, I thought the Kiss Demon was guaranteed to be a 16th seed, but it's not. He will beat the Giant Silva. Giant Silva is 16th. The Kiss Demon is 15th. Monty Brown defeats Jerry Flynn. Jerry Flynn is 14th. Monty Brown is 13th. What does anything matter anymore? I'm now a nihilist. Nothing matters. Let's do the quarterfinals. 
starting from the bottom. Winner advances, loser goes to the top of the consolation brackets. Vader uh, defeats Jim Neidhart. Jim Neidhart puts up a valiant fight, but it is for naught. Vader advances. Um, the Ultimate Warrior will defeat Otis in a much closer battle than I think anyone expected. Otis will take on Henry Godwin. That would be an interesting team. Uh, the Big Boss Man will defeat Davy Boy Smith. Junior, nothing matters. Everything is pointless. Life has no meaning. Just stare into the void. Davy Boy Smith Jr. will battle Butch Reed. And then in the final quarterfinal matchup, yep, The Undertaker, of course, has to defeat Daku Haku. It's not a shoot fight. That's what I'm telling myself. It's not a shoot fight. This is a wrestling match. If it was a shoot fight, Haku would beat all 255 other members of this uh, tournament at the same time. But it's not. It's a wrestling match. And 93 times out of 100, unless some sort of shenanigans take place, uh, The Undertaker beats Haku. It just is how it is. Um, Haku goes into the Constellations where he will battle Axel Rotten. So, Ultimate Warrior versus Vader. Uh, and in a rematch of one of perhaps the worst Hell in a Cell matches ever, Undertaker versus Big Boss Man. That's the one where the Big Boss Man gets hung at the end. Because that's fun, right? All right. I'm really upset. I'm not as upset as I was before because it is not a shoot fight. It is a hoss fight. It is a pro wrestling thing. If Haku comes in third and then potentially wins the number, the third place bracket, he's still the 33rd best hoss of all time. That's low. He should be in the top 10, but it's probably an accurate ranking if we think of things logically, because clearly I'm in a real flipping logical mood right now. Consolations. Uh, Tenru versus Neidhart. We give the win to Neidhart. Tenru in the, he'll be 12 through 9. Uh, Henry Godwin versus Otis. I like Henry Godwin. I like, you know, I like them when they were Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce, um, him and Phineas, Midian, in WCW. I liked the Godwins. I thought that would, you know, the slot bucket creeped me out. I'm, I grew up in a farm town, but I am not a farm boy. Yes, I have baled hay and chucked hay bales on top of a wagon and things like that, but I didn't deal with animals, so a slot bucket grossed me out. Um... And then I loved when they changed characters. I really did. Enough so that I will give the win to to Godwin. Otis is in the console, in the next bracket. Uh, Butch Reed defeats Davy Boy Smith Jr. I don't feel bad about that at all. 
and Haku destroys Axel Rotten. I don't feel bad about that at all. So let's figure out 12 through 9. I'll give Otis the win over Tenru. I don't think that's how it would happen, but I just know more about Otis. And I'll give Davy Boy Smith Jr. the win over Axel Rotten. I'll say Tenru defeats Axel Rotten. So Axel is 12th, Tenru is 11th. And I think Davy Boy Smith Jr. defeats Otis. Otis is 10th, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is 9th. We need to do another round of consolations. Uh, Neidhart defeats Henry Godwin. Haku defeats Butch Reed. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So Henry Godwin or Butch Reed in the battle for seventh place. I'll give that to Hacksaw or the natural. He was also the natural Butch Reed, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Godwin is eighth. Butch Reed is seventh. All right. We can do this. Uh, Undertaker versus Boss Man, no question. It is Taker. Ultimate Warrior versus Vader, no question. It is Vader. So, Boss Man versus Neidhart. See, I wrote it as one word that time because I don't care anymore. Have we seen this match? No, but that's a good one. Uh, Boss Man versus Neidhart, I give that to the Boss Man. Haku versus the Warrior, I'm giving that to Haku, of course. Haku is, if I can't be second, he's got to come third. Uh, so let's do the Ultimate Warrior versus Jim Neidhart. And, you know, in a Hoss fight, I give the win to Neidhart. I, I kind of distinguish between muscle heads and hosses, which is probably incorrect to do, but it is what I do. Uh, Warrior is sixth. Neidhart is fifth. The boss man comes in fourth. Haku comes in third. Which leaves us to the final. I apologize. I am probably going much too fast and the energy level has been sucked out of me. Maybe you enjoyed my despair. I'm hoping it's still somewhat enjoyable. Uh, oh, who wins? Taker or Vader? Jeez. Again, even if it was a shoot fight, actually, I don't know. That's that's a that depends on what weapons they can each get to fastest. I think. Um, I think it's got to be Taker. Don't you think it's got to be Taker? Uh, I think so. You know, again, Vader might be. I don't know actually if he's a more legit tough guy. He's had to deal with more legit tough guy situations, but I think that I feel safe about giving the win to The Undertaker over Vader. That would be an excellent match if you could get Vader in his prime versus, again, I love the American Badass, but you pick whichever version of Taker you think is the baddest and go from there. All right. Let's see how we did. Uh, I go into, I have another page of my Google sheet and I write in, who win, I write in the, you know, the, uh, the scores, and we see how Cage Match ranked them compared to how I ranked them. Kiss, oh no, Giant Silva is number 16. He was ranked 13, close enough. Kiss Demon was ranked, where is he? 14th, he finishes in 15th, close enough. 
Uh, Jerry Flynn, who was 16, gets up to 14. Monty Brown, who was 7th, falls to 13th place. Number 12 is Axel Rotten. Oops, Axel Rotten, who was 11th, very close. Tenru is 11th. He was ranked 9th, close enough. Number 10, Otis. Otis was ranked 10th. Hey, we got that one exactly right. 9th, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Davy Boy was ranked 4th. Again, that feels very high. Um, but maybe he's got a bigger career outside of the wrestling I pay attention to. But we'll go with that. Uh, eighth place was Henry Godwin. Godwin was ranked 12th. Jump for him. Probably a sign that he wrestled in my prime kid days, so I always hold soft spots to the kids I watched when I, or the wrestlers I watched when I was a kid. Butch Reed is seventh. Reed was ranked 15th. Huge jump for Butch Reed. Much more proper respect. Ultimate Warrior is in sixth. He was the second ranked. Jim Neidhart is fifth. He was ranked sixth. So again, pretty close. Our top four. Big Boss Man, who was ranked fifth, moves up to fourth. Haku, who was ranked eighth in Salt, finishes third. Vader, who was third, comes in second. And for only the second time, not since Samoa Joe in group number two, did the person who was ranked number one actually finish number one. So just looking at it, who will Haku, uh, who's the company that Haku is in? Because I, Junkyard Dog, Masato Tanaka, Stan Hansen, Ron Simmons, and Willie Mack. You know what? That makes me feel better. That's what makes me feel better. That is a very good group of people to be with. Junkyard Dog, Masato Tanaka, Stan Hansen, Ron Simmons, Willie Mack. That bracket. <laughs> oh my goodness. That bracket is crazy. Even the top bracket, which is still crazy. Taker, Lashley, Taz, Dr. Death, Samoa Joe, and Jacob Fatu. That's crazy. But, oh my word. I'm looking over number one. Because remember, if you go back to episode one, Jacob Fatu, who was 16th ranked, uh, won the whole thing. And I'm looking at it being like, oh no, that was probably the weakest bracket, top to bottom, that we've had so far. But still, there's going to be some epic battles in some of these top brackets. And then at the bottom, who do we have? The Giant Silva, Boogeyman, Max Payne, Brackus, Moe, and Nathan Jones. Oh, you're going to prove your love. You're going to prove your love to me, and you're going to prove your love and devotion to tournaments and brackets and fantasy booking and hosses in general if you watch, listen to that episode. Oh, that's ugly. Oh, that's ugly. Maybe it'll have to be a battle royal. You know what? It might just have to be a battle royal. We'll see. Uh, that was a roller coaster because I do feel I have I have recovered. I have found my happy um, because I was really, really upset that Haku wasn't going to finish in the top two. But he is in good company. And even the number four bracket, Boss Man, Bully Ray, Abyss, 
Terry Gordy, Kevin Nash, and Braun Strowman. Not as good as the other bracket, but that's still pretty impressive. All right. We're going to have fun. This is going to be fun. We're going to celebrate and just bask in the glory together. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Uh, I feel like we did Haku justice here. You know, he just got a really tough bracket, which is what happens. And he still finished third. He's still going to have, I can't promise he's going to win that actually now. Now that I know that it's got like Stan Hansen and Ron Simmons and other talents in there, we'll see what the random matchups say. But until then, and until we do our next group of 16, uh, I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy Did of Did you remember to stay for the epilogue? I was too lazy to put the prologue in to remind you to stay for the epilogue. I'm just assuming that by now you know to stay for the epilogue. What a ride. What a ride that was. I had forgotten some of that. Uh, I forget many things, most things, in fact. Um, I knew from looking at the bracket that that was going to be a beast of a tournament. And I did remember that I was uh, pretty bummed about it. I hope you got joy from my sadness. I actually basked in my own schadenfreude uh, and took joy in my suffering. I had forgotten, however, um, that I kind of pulled myself back at the end. And I think that is a testament um, to the power of positivity. You have to find your joy wherever you can, as I take my headphones off, just as noisily as possible. When you podcast, if you podcast by yourself, and I know a lot of people don't, um, do you keep your headphones on the whole time? I tend to take mine off. Um, What was I talking about? The power of positivity, finding you're happy. Uh, I didn't want Haku to be ranked third. I still don't. Um, In fact, even before listening back to this episode or right in the beginning of listening back, I was flipping ahead, which I don't like to do, um, to try to see if there was a place to to put him in and because I had forgotten uh, the quality of competition. You know, there's a reconciliation episode that I recorded, apparently, um, and forgotten about, which would explain why Barry Windham was in a different place than Bully Ray in the last episode because I forgot. I forgot what I did. Um. So I don't have a ton of things to say uh, in terms of this episode. There's, there's one thing I might change, maybe one quibble. Uh, but otherwise, I think it worked out as well as it could given the situation. When you have Taker and Vader and um, Haku and the boss man all in the same bracket, along with certifiable hosses like Neidhart and Warrior and all, like... There's only so many ways this can work out, and I think that worked out for the best. You might choose Vader over Taker, and that's your choice. Um, I would go for duration of career. And, you know, while we're on the subject, let's talk about the American Badass. Um, Many people don't like that version of The Undertaker. I always say it is my favorite Because similar to Henry Godwin, I love when a wrestler completely changes character. Um, You know, we often talk about how one of the issues with pro wrestlers being taken seriously or the issues with the kayfabe, like they're actors. They're playing a role. 
um, Colby Lopez is portraying Seth freaking Rollins. And he has portrayed many versions of Seth freaking Rollins. And I have the utmost respect for someone who can do that. It's amazing if you can get one character over. It's incredibly more amazing if you can be super babyface Roman Reigns and then uh, turn to the head of the table and have that character work as well. I submit it's even more amazing when you do it so dramatically. Not necessarily a change from, you know, as much as I love Barry Darso, going from Smash to Repo Man to, you know, a golfer, that there's something to that. But I'm going even further. I don't think I said it in this last episode, but you got to have your water. got to have your water. Um, although maybe not, because again, I mentioned Henry Godwin in this episode, and I loved that they went from pig farmers to... Um, you know, kind of confederate good old boys with overalls and no shirts to being well-dressed kind of bouncers. Uh, you know, I, I do love that. And The Undertaker might be the most popular uh, way to do that because, and I'm just arguing the case here, um, you have from 1990 through whatever it was, 99, question mark, into 2000 maybe, um, you have The Undertaker as The Undertaker. Like working in the mortuary, dead man, Undertaker. And he evolved that character. Gray out, the black and gray outfit, black and purple outfit. He had the mask for a while. Then he's got the teardrop, Ministry of Darkness. Like he evolved that character. But to take it, to such a different place, keeping the name, but to take it to such a different place. I mentioned in this episode that you just listened to that I was at the end of 2000. I was wrapping up 2000 when I recorded that episode. In that time, I've gotten about a year and a half further. I'm now watching uh, WrestleMania 18, and it's painfully slow. Um, I'm not enjoying this WrestleMania as much. Uh I, you know, there, it could be an entire episode talking about why that is. Um, but let's not do that. Let's not delve into that idea. Um, but I had missed a lot of this. I wasn't watching regularly. 2002, I'm in college. I'm, you know, skipping class and talking about having a quote-unquote social education um, and, and, you know, quote-unquote dating people which didn't really count as dating because I was terrible at it, um, and hanging out with friends and playing elevator darts and really not liking Doc Manson back in 2002 because um, we were vying for the same girl who turned out to not be interested in anyone of our gender. Um, so I wasn't watching. But you mean to tell me you can't appreciate his feud with Ric Flair? That incredible feud where he's demand like he turns heel, he's demanding respect, and you're like, okay. And he wants a match with Ric Flair. Um, and Ric Flair won't give it to him because Ric Flair is, you know, a corporate guy. So he beats up Arn Anderson. And then that doesn't work. So then he goes to OVW or wherever they're training. He beats up David Flair, bloodies David Flair. And like 
sits with him, arm around him in this kind of jovial, I just kicked your ass sort of way to talk about, you got another brother. Hell, you got a sister. Like, is it inappropriate? Sure. But just that le- that was not the dead man character. And then the next night, whether it was SmackDown or a week later, he's locked in his dressing room watching a video of the beatdown. Ric Flair is trying to beat the door in. He's trying to break the door in to get at Taker. And Taker's sitting there, one foot propped up, watching the video, being like, hey, shut up out there. I can't hear your son crying for help or whatever it was he said. Like, that's amazing. That's a, that's a fantastic old school character. And I don't know why people don't appreciate that. Um, I don't get it. This is the I will be sad when we get the dead man again. I will be sad when that happens because this character, I think, um, is fantastic. So I just wanted to tell – I think really what happened is this episode was so low – and it happened quick. I just wanted it done with. That I, I feel the need to kind of wax philosophic now because uh, I didn't talk about much in this episode. Um, they're not all winners, folks. Uh, I mentioned in this episode, I called it The Death of ECW, which I thought was weird. I mentioned the book The Death of WCW and that I should read up on the Kiss Demon. Well, I hadn't done that. So I paused listening earlier today, went under the spare bedroom to dig out my tote of wrestling books, pulled out the death of WCW, which I have an issue with right off the bat. It does not have an index. You are a nonfiction book and you don't have an index? Shame on you, Brian Alvarez and whoever the hell wrote that book. You need an index. I want to be able to find the Kiss Demon. I had to skim the entire chapter from 1998 and realize there's no mention of the Kiss Demon in the book. As far as I can tell, again, he, he de- made his debut in 98. I figured he would at least get a paragraph or two. No mention of the Kiss Demon. No index. Um, so I wound up, you know, going to Wikipedia, which is not what I would consider a credible primary source. But I went to uh, Wikipedia. He married Asia, which I think I did know, but it's just fun to say that the Kiss Demon married Asia. Um, if you're a WCW fan, you know who, of whom I'm speaking. Um, he was supposed to be, according to Wikipedia, uh, Eric Bischoff had planned on doing the Warriors of Kiss, where each member of Kiss, Gene and Paul and Ace, I, I don't know Kiss. I'm amazed I know three of their names. Um, each of them would have a wrestler, like who wore their sort of paint style to the ring. That never happened, of course. Um, the Kiss Demon was promised a big push. By Eric Bischoff, they, you know that was going to be a big thing, and then Eric Bischoff loses his position, and they're trying to make him look bad, and so the Kiss Demon never got a shot. Now, granted, Dale Torborg was not the wrestler you give a, a major character to. Like, it wasn't going to ever work with Dale Torborg. Wasn't going to ever work. Brian Adams could have worked. You could, I could see the Kiss Demon at least main eventing a pay per view. Um, if Brian Adams is playing that character, not Dale Torborg. Um, so I did say I wanted to honor what I said in the episode. I should look it up. Well, I did. And I'm mad that that book doesn't have an index. Uh, two other things. There's really only two things. Let's do um, the, the business one first before we do the fun one. Uh, the only question I have is not in the tournament proper. It's in the Constellations second round, Otis versus Henry Godwin. I voted for Henry Godwin because I'm a 90s kid. I don't know if that's the right answer. 
Um, and the only reason I have to support that is that Otis won money in the bank. Henry Godwin won a slot match. Didn't win any tournaments that I'm aware of. Uh, didn't win a mid-card title. Otis at least was money in the bank. And now he's wrestling in Alpha Academy, and he is... I enjoy the character. It's good from what I've seen. Um, so should Otis have won and beaten uh, Henry Godwin? You know, part of me thinks it's silly now that I'm doing this, these epilogues, because you know what I haven't listened to? The Reconciliation Show. Am I going to change all of this? Like, is the Reconciliation Show just going to be, you know... Pro tip. Podcast pro tip. PPT. Podcast pro tip. Uh, don't wait six to eight months in between. Um, you know, if you're going to do a big thing, do the whole big thing. And then... and and get it ready to get out there. Don't wait because it just confuses things. Um, if Otis were to beat, let's, let's just play it out. If Otis beats Henry Godwin, Henry Godwin goes into uh, Otis's place in the 12 through nine. I'd still have him beat Tenru because I don't know Tenru. Um, and maybe I'd have him beat Davey Boy Smith Jr., but maybe not. So Otis would, or Henry Godwin would be 10th, maybe 9th. Otis would lose to Jim Neidhart and then lose to uh, – so he loses to Jim Neidhart. Then he wrestles Butch Reed, and he probably loses to Butch Reed. So then Otis would be eighth. So do I make a change and move Otis, who was tenth in this episode, to eighth and then drop Godwin from eighth to, to tenth? I don't think I care that much. It's not like Otis has had a singles push – um, he is the Raw Tag Team Champion now, which is great, but Godwin was a tag specialist. Uh, so I'm not going to make that change, but that would be the only thing that I potentially would tweak. Again, if you want to say Vader beats Taker, um, you can very easily make a case for that. Um, I'm going to give the win to Taker, um, because he, according to Michael Cole, is the best pure striker. Um, but again, you could make the argument for Vader, and, and I would fully support you. In in all honesty, Vader belongs in the top 16, and The Undertaker belongs in the top 16. And gosh damn it, Haku belongs in the top 16. So let's end this episode, not by lamenting what happened, but by talking about Haku. Um, I mention a Jake Roberts quote. Uh, there are lots of them. In fact, if you go to tvtropes.org, uh, there's an entire page devoted to quotes about Haku slash Ming. Um, we can assume they must be true. Uh, so I'm going to save the Jake Roberts quote for last because I think it's the best one. Uh, but here are just some quotes about how legitimately tough uh, Haku slash Ming was. Um, I'm, I'm fine with him being a third seed for now. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, Arn Anderson, there are three types of men. Tough men, wrestler tough men, and then there's Ming. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to just skip around here because some of the quotes aren't as great. Goldberg. He would have made a huge splash in the MMA world. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he would have. I don't know of a human being alive that could take out Ming in his prime. You could take out the whole in his prime part. I don't know a human being alive who could take out Ming now. And Ming's in his 60s, I would imagine. I really don't. One story I remember was when it took like 13 guys to get him out of a bar with Ric Flair. 
He was pepper sprayed and laughed at the cops and broke the cuffs right in front of them. He was a totally different human being. Um, let's see, Perry Saturn, talking about Ming, of course. Nobody else would stand a chance, not even a question. He could kill everyone without blinking, and there's nothing anyone could do about it. Great quote. Rick Steiner. I was in L.A. one time with him, and he fought eight cops. They shot him with mace, and he closed his eyes and sucked it in. He just opened his mouth and took a deep breath. I mean, some of the stuff he did was like, what the hell? Scotty and I always thought we were tough guys, but that was before we met Ming. And that's from Rick Steiner, the father of Braun Breaker. Uh, let's see here. Nope, that's Austin's. No, we don't need. Ted DiBiase. Some of the guys got into a fight and Ming got involved. He was just trying to help. And in the process of trying to help, he gets maced by four cops and handcuffed. Now they handcuffed him behind his back, and he, then he said, is this it? And he broke the handcuffs. He snapped them. Now a lot of this is probably the same story told from different perspectives. And we all know that everyone tends to embellish. But still. All right. Two more, and then we'll say goodnight. Bobby Heenan, the toughest man I've ever met in my life. He took his two fingers on his right hand, his index finger and trigger finger, which I would think would be the same thing, do you fire a gun with your... The show shows how little I know guns. I'm like, isn't your index finger your... Anyways. Um, where is it? I lost it. All right. Took his two fingers of his right hand, and he reached into a guy's mouth, and he broke off the guy's bottom teeth. I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't see it for myself. I will also mention a Stevie Ray tells a story in some shoot interview on YouTube about Ming um, doing the, giving someone actually the tongue in death grip for real, like in a bar fight like goes over to help somebody and somebody tries to attack him and he just puts him in the tongue in death grip. But again, the best quote about Ming is from Jake the Snake Roberts. I allude to it on the podcast. Uh, here is the actual quote according to this website. Jake Roberts, quote, If I had a gun and was sitting inside a tank with one shell left and Ming is 300 yards away, he's mine, right? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is jump out of the tank and shoot myself. Because I don't want to wound that son of a bitch and have him pissed off at me. End quote. I love you, Haku. Um, I think that's all we need to say. Uh, I will see you. Episode 7, hopefully, uh, will be a whole lot more fun. Because, um, yeah, I was in a bad place for a lot of this one, and that's okay. I found it entertaining. In hindsight, I hope you did too. Uh, we'll talk next time we got those big old men. Meaty men, big old meaty men, slapping that meat. No, that sounds bad. That sounds like a different podcast. I fully support you watching that podcast or listening. Oh, God, don't watch that podcast. Oh, my God, what am I doing? I need to end this episode. Bye. No, really, bye.